Kili Shuateka Kiviti Hashem. Baruch Abba Shem Adonai Hakados Baruchu. Please send Mashiach now. Well, I want to welcome you to uh, kind of a new little segment I'm now featuring on the channel, on this podcast, that uh, we have, you know, special guests from time to time, and I've been doing different topics, and I have the RPM series and the Roman series, so just want to give a kind of announcement that, you know, I'm changing up the format even more. So um, with the time that we have uh, for this week, the itinerary shall be uh, the RPM. So this is all Bezrat Hashem. So this is not like me just saying that this is how it's going to go. But uh, man can plan, right? You know, and Hashem will direct the steps. So I'm totally all on board for that. So with that being said, uh, got a new setup I'm working with here. So hoping this will all pan out. And then, uh, you know, so anyway, so back to the program. We got the RPM, we got the the Romans, uh, the letter to the Romans that I've been working on, and also um, just kind of breaking everything down by topic and subject. Uh, one of the things I've been loving is the opportunity to do some recordings of the different brakas. So, you know, we'll throw some brakas out there, and, you know, we got new Avengers, so... I want to say a big Mazal Tov to our two newest Avengers, uh, and that would be Chazak Navon and Taoz. So they are the Shomer version of Daredevil and Lady Sif. So shouts out to them. Uh, it's really awesome to have them join the ranks with everybody. So anyway, I uh, want to just continue on the communal violence of bringing the redemption. And again, you know, the world can't be redeemed if we can't be redeemed. So with that being said, this is just a heads up and a new announcement. And, uh, you know, I was going to blast everything out and post it uh, on social media. But I'm just going to basically just let them fly and uh, just check the channel. Hopefully you get notifications, uh, especially on Anchor. The One of the ways you can do it is when you hit Discover. You can look at the, the people that you follow and it puts a little uh, purple circle there to tell you uh, that there's new episodes or not. So anyway, hopefully this works and uh, the goal is to do uh, at least something every day. So it'll maybe be multiples, maybe it won't be, but uh, you can uh, guarantee that at some point with the help of Hashem, uh, there will be lots of recordings and you can pick your flavor the buffet is officially open. So many blessings. We are in the month of ER, and I want to go ahead and just lead out with some ER drops while I'm already on this recording. And it's really important because this month has been probably one of the most interesting starts because we come out of this super high of... You know, we just came out of Nissan and then all of a sudden it's like now we're in ER and like it feels like there was a dropout of some sort. Like what just happened? So one of the things is that if you look at the wisdom and the Hebrew months, um, here's something that kind of uh, stopped me for a second because 
in the month of ER, we have a switch that's happening. We just had such a beautiful, amazing redemption, uh, amazing light that shone from above. And now it feels like we're dropped all the way down to the lowest gear. And now we got to drive up a really, really steep mountain. So here's what it says in the wisdom of the Hebrew months, wisdom in the Hebrew months, Lika. So for the month of ER, the second month of our redemption, basically, the first month of our redemption was awesome, lots of activity. This month, it's all about counting the Omer, and we have Lagba Omer as well. So here's what we got. So it says, as explained, during Nisan, a person is endowed with a special blessing from Shemayim, far beyond what he would normally deserve when the month is gone and the blessings are gone with it one may well find himself in a depressed mood in er anybody feel like depressed or feel super challenged super like put out with yourself or what just happened i was having such a good time and it feels like somebody hit the proverbial record on the dj booth and the record has stopped and it's like what what's going on well we're in the month of er that's what's going on it says pursued so to speak by his own frustration no longer advancing in his visions and aspirations the demand of the hour in er Therefore, is to exploit the trait of Hashem seeks out the victims of pursuit. On the individual level, to pray and to yearn for heavenly assistance, to evade the allure of materialism, and to devote his mind and heart to grow in Torah and Yerat Hashemayim, all for God. So we need to we need to grow in our Yurat Shemaim. We need to grow in our awe of who Hashem is. And we also need to devote our mind and our heart to grow in Torah and evade materialism. Like it's good to have a cell phone and a car and a house and clothes and all sorts of good things like that, but to engross yourself in it is what we have to watch out for you know the the best example is the youtube vortex the the facebook feed vortex where you're just scrolling and scrolling is something gonna pop up is something gonna pop up oh that's interesting oh look cats oh look 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 okay wow you know and you just kind of get thrown off and before you know it it's been three hours or eight Yes, very, very possible. And you realize, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten today. I'm hungry. I'm on quarantine, I guess, because it's kind of ending. But is it? I don't know. What's going on in the world? Disorientation? Which way is up? All that kind of stuff is going on. So the demand of ER is for us to um, to get with the proverbial uh, pursuits and Let's let's pray and yearn for heavenly assistance. 
This is the month where we ran out of our own material possessions. Yep, we packed our bags, we packed our bread, and it was like, all right, we out of here. And we ran out of bread. And our clothes were like, okay, can we can we do something about this? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Shem's like, here's some manna, here's a rock, and let me go ahead and dry clean those clothes for you. Because, yep, dry cleaning came from the wilderness, because the clouds were a mix of fire and water. And they pressed up against us, so we got steam cleaned and perfumed all at the same time. And then our shoes, they got re-padded with the uh, the memory foam in there. And, you know, we were all strapped up and ready to go. We had our beautiful armor on and artilleries with us. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now we don't longer have to worry about what we need to eat. We now no longer need to worry about what we're going to wear. Yep, Matthew 6 type stuff. That that transition happened in this month where, you know, we used to figure out how we were going to do all that. And we used to be so bogged down on how we're going to do all that. Now, this month is like, nope, the things you need to be bogged down with now is things of the kingdom and its righteousness. And yeah, pulling yourself out of that mentality, I know it's a little crazy and it's like a little weird because it's like, I got to make a living, and if I don't have bread, there won't be bread, you know. Got to work so you can eat. And it's like, yes, but you need to make sure that your priority is on Hashem expanding in your life. Hashem expanding in your moment-by-moment needs and fixations and focus and satisfactions. So this is literally the demand of this month. So this month is all about the ox, which is uh, related to uh, Yosef, who was the one who provided for the whole entire world. Uh, Literally, Yosef is called the savior of the world and things like that. So that's something to pay attention to. And again, when it comes to this Omer, one of the things you need to know about the Omer is that the Omer is a wave offering. And when you think about the wave offering, you remember this time where we took these branches that were bound up together and we had a little citron and we did this little, uh, it wasn't a little, but we did a ceremony where we would wave these four species in the six directions. Well, guess what? That's what we're doing with ourself this month. We started actually right out of uh, the Feast of First Fruits, second day of Pesach, Hakamatzot, and up until we get to Shavuot, that's what we're doing. So the thing we have to realize with that is we are experiencing friction. Friction within ourselves. And friction within the growth that we're doing. If you can kind of look at it as if you are coming in, coming out of your shell. And it's not, sometimes it feels like, well, my shell was awesome. And I, I didn't feel like my growth would need to be significant. And like, I want to grow a little bit. I want to pace myself and things like that. But no, we're coming literally out of our shell. And what I mean by that is the you that you are when you lose yourself so that you can find it 
like lose your life for my sake, like Mashiach talking, i.e. I. the Torah. The Torah is telling us when you lose your life for me, then that's when you're going to find it. When you're so focused on Hashem, Hashem, how can I glorify you today? How can I fill the world with you today? When that's your main goal, you're like, okay, so, you know, uh, for those of you who still have work, you know, or for those of you who don't, same thing. What can I do today that will fill up any area with you? Because, you know, when we go to work, okay, so you can pray, obviously. Maybe you can or can't study Torah, but you can do so many acts of kindness. You can do so much charity that it's like, it's insane. And the more you can do that in those areas, the better, you know. And then if you have the time to study Torah and if you have the time to pray and you don't have a lot of time to do acts of kindness because it's just you by yourself. And so the most kindness you can do is, uh, you know, keep your hygiene and clean your clean your living quarters uh, and things like that. So that. Those are big acts of kindness, by the way. Take care of the temple, as we say. But anyway, um, you you can like just go to town in these things and like mentally do it and and verbally do it you know and obviously the action is already there so you ain't gotta worry about that it takes care of itself so the omer is this process of bringing us out of our shell so that in these areas we can really like connect and engage with our true selves in these areas because the more mitzvot the more prayer the more acts of kindness that we do the more we influence these things into the world the more of the redemption uh it gets revealed because remember the redemption has to be revealed. It's not that it needs to be necessarily brought because it's already here. We just have to, we have to bring it out. You know, we have to, we have to be speaking for it. Hashem bring Mashiach now, you know, Baruch Abba, Hashem Adonai, everything that we're doing for the sake of heaven, you know, making more and more proselytes, giving more and more people opportunities to do mitzvahs, you know, and things like that. And I want to read this because I, I took a picture. It was in uh, Pesachim 50B. And, um, you know, because people might think, well, I'm not Jewish and I don't know about that mitzvah stuff. And, you know, you're not supposed to teach toward the Gentiles. Well, let me tell you how the Talmud feels about that. Pesachim 50B says this. It says the Gemara explains here. Where the verse says that God's mercy is above the heavens. And this is talking about Tehillim 57.11 and Tehillim 108.5. So God's mercy is above the heavens. It is referring to the case where, where one performs a mitzvah for its own sake. And here where the verse says that God's mercy reaches the heavens it's referring to a case where one performs a mitzvah not for its own sake. So God's mercy is above the heavens. That's when somebody performs a, a mitzvah, a commandment, for its own sake. And then if God's mercy reaches the heavens, not above it, but it reaches it. That's when a person does a mitzvah not for its own sake. There's an ulterior motive. 
says even a mitzvah performed with an ulterior motive garners reward. As Rav Yehuda said, that Rav said, a person should always engage in Torah study and performance of mitzvot, even if he does so not for their own sake. Just want to point out here, it says a person, doesn't say a Jew, doesn't say a non-Jew, it says a person. Remember, we all came from Hashem, so we're just playing games if we think this is a religion or thing. It's really Judaism teaches us how to change lives, how to be transformed. So like the new creation talk, that's that's applies for everybody. Everybody's supposed to become a new creation, by the way. But anyway, a person who engages in Torah study and performance of mitzvot, even if he does not or even if he does so not for their own sake, as the as through the performance of mitzvot, not for their own sake, one gains understanding and comes to perform for their own sake. This is the heart of the Chazal, the sages, that somebody doesn't even know about Shabbat. And it's like, just just get them to light candles. It's, it's okay. Just I mean, they might light the candles and, and cook or go out and, you know, go to work or something like that. But they lit the Shabbat candles. If you can just get somebody to do that, boom. You know, the rest will come later. If you can just get somebody to study the Torah portion, the Aliyah for that specific day, boom, the rest will come later. Because there's reward in, it says that even doing a mitzvah with ulterior motives garners reward. They're going to get something out of it. And by the way, every mitzvah that's done brings light down into the universe. We're going to talk about that. So there's a special segment Baruch Hashem that we get to have this week about the uh, the klipot and concealment and light and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that and I'll have some, some backup on that in uh, Baruch Hashem. So that's going to be fun. But anyway, that's, that's one thing to think about because we're coming out of our shells. And the main thing, I wanted to read this uh, verbatim from uh, Rabbi Trugman. So let me go over here, if you'll pardon me for taking extra time, uh, as is always the case. Uh, so hopefully everyone's used to it by now. But um, I, as you can see, I like to source things out and I like to read everything verbatim, even if I got to go find it. But, you know, Rukashem. So there is uh, a book by Rabbi Tonka Truck, a.k.a. Rabbi Trugman, uh, and it's about Sefirat Omer. He had the, the wonderful new edition he brought on this year about uh, the Haggadah, and so now this one apparently has already been out, and it's just kind of like, okay, so I don't realize, I don't know why I haven't seen this before, but he's got a book about the Omer count. So here's what it says in one of the excerpts from the book. It says, The Omer offering of barley that was brought on the second day of Pesach. Okay? So many people think, wait till Sunday. Wait till the first day of the week to count. 
But if you do that and the second day of Pesach was on like a Thursday or Friday, then you're you're kind of behind on the Omer count and you're going to miss the giving of the Torah. But anyway, don't don't do that. Keep up with the count. If you have a beautiful app called Count Omer Count or there's a new one uh, by um uh, I don't know who this is by. Who made this app? Um Yeah, who is this? My Omer Count basically is who it is. I believe is is it Chabad? Who this is from? Meaningful life. Aha, there it is. Meaningful life. So yeah, if you go with either one of those apps or any other one that you find, it'll put you on the right day. But anyway, not to get all sidetracked even more, but just saying the Omer starts on the second day of Pesach. So transformation begins the day after, you know, you you had your Seder, you had your Shakari, your Musaf and Minka, and then you Ma'ariv, and then right into your Omer. Omer. So... That's your 15th in Nissan, and now it's 16th in Nissan. And now it's time to count the Omer. So it says, this begins a 49-day cycle. By the way, that's seven sevens, if you're a Daniel-type person. This is kind of where that prophecy kind of interweaves in as far as the, the principle, not necessarily the actual calculation. But it says that this was called a wave which is shaken offering. Hasidut, the teachings of the Hasidic movement, explains that the true change or transformation often entails shaking things up and moving beyond a certain comfort zone of familiar routine in order to challenge and establish. I got to say that again. Shaking things up and moving beyond a certain comfort zone of familiar routine in order to challenge established thought and emotional patterns and be receptive and be receptive and be receptive to new possibilities. This creative Reorientation ideally leads to renewal and rejuvenation. Therefore, the offering on Shavuot at the culmination of this seven-week cycle was then and is even now called a new offering. Representing the new state of consciousness achieved through the hard work, through the hard work, of emotional and intellectual striving to make every day count. Pun intended, because the Omer count is about counting. So you add that in with the demand of ER, and the letter for this month is the letter Vav, the Hebrew letter Vav, the sixth letter of the Hebrew Aleph Bet. When you spell it out, it's Vav Aleph Vav, which means the Gematria goes from 6 to 13. That's right, 6 goes to 13 because Vav equals 6. And when we spell the letter Vav, the way you spell it is Vav Vav or Vav Aleph Vav. 
to fully spell it out, which would be 13. And yes, that is Echad, which is unity, oneness, and also Ahava, which is love. And love is actually the Torah portion this week of Kedoshim. So Bezard Hashem, we'll get into that. Because love, 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 love is what it's all about. Our God is love, and in the end, love wins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into all that. Uh, Bezard Hashem. So, anyway, Vav. Why is it so important about this Vav and, and this demanding and the shaking and all this kind of stuff? Well, it says, you would think that the letter Vav which is the letter of joining, should look like this. Take that vav and turn it sideways and make it look like a dash so that what's before it and what's after it can be linked up and connected. And it's like, nope, that's not how it looks. Because you're not joining one and another, but it does not precisely to remind us that one and another cannot be joined. Again, one, that which is one, cannot be joined with another. So think about that for a second. Because there's there's Trinity thought. There's non-Jewish, you know, like the way that the word of God is supposed to be thought. There is uh, this whole New Testament, Old Testament thought. Uh, no longer do we do the biblical holidays thought. All these other thoughts, those are called another, and they cannot be joined with one. The word of God is one. That's why it says there's one mikvah, which is baptism, one true faith. So one covenant, one mikvah, one true faith. Not another. So if that's the case, what's all this other stuff doing here? It's called the old us, the old humanity, the pre-COVID-19 world. So check this out. It says, they cannot be joined because they are independent. You can't join one and another because they're independent. Otherwise, the one would be dissolved into the other. Whether another becomes one or one becomes another, Either way, uh, they would subsume into each other and then that would, that would change the one and that would also change the another. So, says, and then there would be only the one, but, but such is not the way of real unity. So that's not how you bring unity. That's not how you marry, you know, the non-Jews and the Jews or, you know, the men and the women or, you know, whatever uh, entities you want to bring up. It says. Only one who is unique can be joined. And this is the work of Vav. Remember, Vav also represents Mashiach, by the way. The six that was manifest as to and to a man, which was originally supposed to be Adam, but we ate from the tree, and so that didn't work out. So Hashem was like, all right, let me just bring myself down here. And that's what the word of God becoming flesh is, which is Mashiach. So 
again, because Mashiach is the word of God, which is uh, the six aspects of Torah. That's known as the word of God, proverb stuff. But it goes on to say that the work of the Vav is to join us all into a myriad of constellations, each remaining different, each bound to the other. So it's about a joining and not about a subsuming. So I'm not supposed to become like you and you're not supposed to become like me, as we would think. We're actually supposed to be bound together. There are things that you were created to do and created to be that I just, that's, that's not me. And there's ways that you learn and there's ways that I learn, but we can be joined together. So we can be bound to each other. And this is why the whole concept of the Avengers and all the superhero, um, you know, conglomerations like the Justice League and the X-Men and all that is so cool because they're bound together the way that they're joined. They're not subsumed into one another. So if they subsume into each other, then how are you going to know who's who's uh, Wolverine and who's Cyclops? How are you going to know who's Iron Man and Captain America? How are you going to know who's Superman and who's Batman? But... If they're bound to one another in, you know, what, a bond, which is interesting, bond bound, you know, that uh, now, you know, okay, Superman and Batman, uh, they coming at you. (laughs) Iron Man and Captain America, they coming at you. Wolverine and Cyclops, they coming at you. And, you know, whatever each character can do, they will be letting that go and then the other character whatever they can do they'll be letting that go so whoever's on the other end of that beat down i feel bad for them so that's what we're supposed to be as mankind there's supposed to be this element of the glory of hashem shown forth from the continent of europe shown forth from the continent of africa shown forth from the continent of asia and the americas I mean, like, just go all across the globe and just bring everybody together. That's literally what it's supposed to look like. The work of the Vav is to do that. And again, notice it's going to be the word of God, which is one, that's going to make us all one. And it says, for this reason, there can only be one word which begins with Vav. And that is the word for confession, which is known as vidui, which is telling the sad truth where before there had only been a lie. This is what's happening in ER is that the lies are leaving the building, Baruch Hashem, because the sad truth of I'm not as awesome as I thought I was and people are not beneath me like I used to think that they were and I'm not as cool as I think I am and that person is not as lame as I think they are. No one is as horrible as I think they are because why? We're all made in the image of Hashem and Hashem created us for a reason and yes, our free will determines what that's going to be 
because in the end, we have to choose whether or not we're going to fear Hashem or not. But those of us who are fearing Hashem and, and realize that our job is to dig out those wells, bring up that hidden light, reveal godliness in the world and ourselves and our homes and our communities, you know, and things like that. And so this month is all about bringing that all out. And so Bezrat Hashem, we're all getting to uh, understand the, the seasons and the times. And as we're, crying out for Hashem to send Mashiach now that, you know, we're doing our part, you know, if it wouldn't do us any good to really yearn or anticipate Mashiach, if we had empty lanterns, if you will, you know, like the, the virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom to open the door and it was like dark and they needed to make sure there was enough oil in their lamp. It's not going to be good if, if we keep darkening the world and expecting the light of God to show up, you know, like Mashiach come back, you know, and it's like, it's dark in here. If I turn on the brightest light that's beyond creation in the darkest room, I mean, you think about now you're, you're fast asleep and it's in the middle of the night and then somebody comes in the room, turn the lights on. I mean, that hurts. Okay. Not only are you upset, but you're, you're, you're physically in pain. Think about that in the light of, pun intended, the world. If the world doesn't know about the light of the world, and then we go out and we darken the world, and then we expect the light of the world to show up, that's not going to be good. But if everybody's peeling off as much light or uh, peeling off the darkness and bringing forth as much light as they possibly can, that's incredible. And that's what our... That's what our job is for this month of ER. This is the month of healing. This is the month of transition. And, you know, we who grab a hold of the word of God, grab a hold of the letters of the Torah, grab a hold of a mitzvah, whatever it is, and shaking off our own uh, inadequacies and deficiencies because we're counting that Omer. That's the Omer is waved. It's shaken. We shake ourselves we shake the world and ultimately that's what needs to happen for the final phase of the geula to really be uh revealed in the world so let's do our part and then when hashem is so good and ready you know for him to do his part which is where all the amazingness happens as far as um what you know like what do you mean there's a building coming down out of the sky? It's not a physical building, but it's a physical building. It's a spiritual building, but yet it's physical. And and why is there all these people who fell asleep and were buried? They're all awake now, and they're all walking around, and they got brand new bodies. And, oh, what just happened to my body? You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're going to see pillars of cloud, pillars of fire. It's going to be beautiful shofars. And things like that. And so, you know, our part, though, is is being ready for that, anticipating that, crying out for that, yearning for that, and changing ourselves for that. Because every night you count your Omer, you literally are changing. Because the big, the quickest way for us to change is for our words, is from our words, Sleek Eye. The biggest, the biggest and fastest way for us to change 
It's through our words. Because we're speaking these words about purifying us from our uncleanliness and our defilement. And uh, there's this word in the Hebrew. It's called Zohama, which is the the impurity that was put into us by the Nachash, the serpent in the garden. And that's the blemish that we we ultimately die for. You know, like what what literally causes the death decree to be appointed for all mankind. Well, that that's got to get out of us. And I talked about that in the evil decree, Josh. So go back to that to uh, to get more info on that. But, yeah, just want to encourage everybody, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter why you are <laughs> or no matter how you are, um, you know, let's transform the world. Let's do big things. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do my part for sure. And I pray everyone else is going to do their part. And let's shake up, let's shake up some things. And mainly let's shake up ourselves. The way that the way to redeem the world is the way is through redeeming ourselves. If we want redemption for the world, we got to want redemption for ourselves, and we got to make it happen. So let's make it happen, Captain. Kili Shuateka, Kiviti Hashem, Hakadosh Baruchu, send Mashiach now.